vocationally and terrible builders in their families now don't get me wrong we do need to take care of things vocationally it's given by God it's unto God's glory so it's not like that's not important it is but you need to make sure that you have enough energy to build at home as well to not leave it all at work just all your energy at work and then you come home and you don't have anything for your family you need to build A person tasked as a watchman has to look out for danger. If that person is sleeping on the job, nobody's protected. As we hear about the goals for godly fathers, Pastor Daniel will explain what it means for a dad to be a watcher over his family. Not a worrier or an overprotector, but a man who wants to guard the hearts of those he loves. There are tools to accomplish this level of protection. Today, we'll find out how God arms godly men. Now, here's Pastor Daniel with part two of his message, A Song for Dad. God wants His sons to be truly spiritual men. That doesn't mean that you're perfect. Nobody's perfect, but a spiritual dad will own his stuff and say, you know what, listen, I got that wrong. I'm totally sorry. He'll be humble but strong. He'll be principled and passionate, yet flexible in things. We need to be spiritual. Wives, you need to pray for your husbands. I'm here to tell you, listen, all the nagging does not produce the righteousness of God in a person's life. But prayer works. That's an important thing, isn't it? It's, I heard it said once, it's really hard to judge somebody when you pray for them. Isn't that true? The people who you struggle with judging, you need to pray for them. Why? Because if you pray for them, you know what God's going to say to you? Don't judge them. I died on the cross for that, bozo. It's true. See, you can't judge who you're praying for because God's like, look, I gave all the judgment that that person belongs to my son so that he could have newness of life. So wives, don't judge your husband. Don't nag him. Pray for him. That God would enliven the spirit in their life. Maybe like, well, hey, you know, I'm off the hook. I don't, I'm not married. Well, pray for your dad. Pray for your friend's husband. I mean, there's such a need for the things of the spirit to be birthed in the heart of guys. Such a need. Now, for you guys, listen. Being spiritual is important. And I want, to, I want to share a verse with you. And I think this will free some of us guys. It's Proverbs chapter 16, verse 9. Very common scripture. It says, a man's heart plans his ways, but the Lord directs his steps. A man's heart plans his ways, but the Lord directs his steps. See, now... As husbands, as fathers, you should plan your ways. You should say, look, I want to accomplish this, I want to accomplish this, I want to accomplish this, I want to accomplish this. But everybody plans their ways on a certain way. Even if you don't have a plan, that's still a plan. You know that, right? 
If you choose not to plan your ways, that's a plan in and of itself. It might be a bad one, but it's still a plan. But a dad who is spiritual will say, I'm planning my way, but I realize that I am not in control of everything. That my 5, 10, 15, 20-year plan is subordinate to the Lord who directs my steps. For many men here today, all of your anxiety, all of your fears is found in this verse because you're busy planning your ways and you feel like God's fighting against your plan when the reality is, is your plan is still subordinate to God's plan anyway. There's nothing worse than trying to get accomplished what will never happen because God's not in it. And a spiritual dad says, look, I'm going to try and honor you, Lord. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to lead my family down here. But I also trust, I also trust, Lord, that I have a plan, but you're going to really direct this thing. This is, my life is yours. It's not mine. And many men struggle with this because we live in a culture that says, pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Get it done. You need to get it done. If you don't do it, no one else is going to do it. We have to remember, I need to plan my ways, but I need to hold an open hand and surrender to the Lord who truly directs my steps. And a spiritual dad will be led by the Spirit. And I love this. These verses, human efforts, unless the Lord is in it, it's vanity. It gets nowhere. And we need to surrender our hearts to the Lord. So then from there, first dads need to be spiritual. Then notice how it begins again. Unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. So dad, be a builder. Be a builder. Build your house. Now when I say that, oftentimes people are going to say, oh, oh yeah, okay, I need, you want me to like get a hammer and nails and some wood? Some of you can literally build your own house and praise God. But I'm not talking about just material things. I'm talking about being somebody who constructs your house. Now, God the Father is that way. Do you realize that God is a great master builder and each one of you, if you're born again, you put your faith and trust in Jesus, you're part of God's spiritual house called church the called out people of God, and each one of us are placed in there. God is a great master builder. He's been doing it for thousands of years. So God the Father is a builder, and we are called to be a builder as well. Now, when I hear the word builder, instead of just thinking about actually physically building a house, you know what I think of? I think of the word edification or edify, which is the biblical word, which means to build up, to encourage, to push forward. And God calls each one of us to be people who build up and not tear down. Paul, in one of the letters to the church in Corinth, says, knowledge puffs up, but love edifies or builds up. Dad, are you somebody who builds up your family, builds up the people around you, edifies, encourages? When I think about the word How many of you guys have gardens that are blossoming right now with all sorts of fruit? Praise God. We take donations here at Crossroads for the pastoral staff. I'm just kidding. We don't need to eat any more. Trust me. But a good gardener, right? Imagine your tomato plants are just blossoming, right? And what happens? You get these big fat tomatoes, right? And the tomatoes start weighing down the branches. And so what does a good builder do? 
They come and they support it, right? They come and they put a stick on it. Why? Because you want that fruit to get closer to the sun so that it may grow to its fullness. That's a dad's job right there. You take your children, you take your spouse, and you say, look, they're being fruitful, and my job is to support them and push them closer to the sun that they may be completely and totally fruitful. And I'm here to tell you, being a builder takes intentional work every single day. It's not something that, oh yeah, I just put that stake in there and I'm supporting it and now it's done. Because you know what happens? Then there's another shoot and then there's another shoot and then your support that you put it, it breaks. Or it's not strong enough. Or all of a sudden you realize, hey, there's something else going on. It's not a one-time thing. It needs to be intentional. Constantly saying, you know, I'm here to build up. I'm here to encourage. I'll never forget this. I had a friend when... It was right before I was ordained to be a, a pastor, and a friend came to me and says, you know, Daniel, whatever you do, don't forget your primary ministry is the first church of Daniel Fusco, which involves Lynn and my kids. See, many guys are great builders vocationally and terrible builders in their families. Now, don't get me wrong. We do need to take care of things vocationally. It's given by God. It's under God's glory. So it's not like that's not important. It is. But you need to make sure that you have enough energy to build at home as well. To not leave it all at work. Just all your energy at work and then you come home and you don't have anything for your family. You need to build you need to care for. You need to support and build up. It reminds me of 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 11 to 13. Listen to what the Apostle Paul says. He says, therefore, comfort each other and edify one another. Build up one another, just as you also are doing. And we urge you, brethren, to recognize those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you and to esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake. Be at peace amongst yourselves. I love this. Comfort each other and build each other up, he tells them. Now listen, I realize that when you're building somebody up, sometimes they don't want to be built up. Anybody ever have that experience? You're like encouraging and they're just like, I don't want that from you. And to those of you in that situation where you're trying to encourage them and they're not having it, don't be weary in doing good knowing that in due season you will reap if you don't lose heart. Be willing to be a support for people. We need to be builders. I love this. See, it doesn't say that don't build your house. It says that if you're building it and God's not in it, it's vain. But you realize that God is in the building up of people for eternity, right? You know that, right? So when it comes to building up people spiritually, it's not like, man, I hope God's in this. No, he's already in this. God wants to see people grow. God wants your spouse and your kids and your neighbors and the people on your job. He wants them to be growing. So the building into the lives of people is always within the heart of God. But you just got to make sure you're building good stuff. Don't we find that in 2 Corinthians chapter 5? We have to see how we're building. Are we building with gold, silver, and precious stones, which will abide? Or are we building with wood, hay, and stubble? Which, you know, wood, hay, and stubble, that's kindling. That's what it is. It gets the fire started. And so all of us need to be building good things, building people up in the things of the Spirit. That's why we put being spiritual first. So first you're spiritual, then, Dad, you need to be a builder. Third, look at what happens. Verse 2, or the second half of verse 1, excuse me. 
unless the Lord guards the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. So not only should a dad be spiritual, not only should a dad be a builder, now you need to be a watchman. Be a watchman. Now, in that culture, there'd be cities and there'd be walls around the cities, right? And you realize that it was much less secure than maybe we feel today. And so any walled city would have watchers who would sit on the wall and their job was to keep a lookout in case anything funny was going on, any attacks were to happen. The guys who were watching on the walls were there to alert people, to protect people of the inevitability of issues arising. And he says, look, no matter how good your watchers are, if the Lord isn't protecting the city, it's not going to matter. If God's given a city over, it's going to go over no matter what the watchers do. But dads, you're supposed to be a watchman for your family. See, a dad, a husband, a man is supposed to look out and see what are the problems, what could happen, what's going to go down, and look out in advance for your family. Now, Because I say you need to be a watchman, I want to encourage you dads, don't be a spaz as a watchman. Because for many guys, you're looking, you're reading the news, you're watching those political TV shows, and you just spaz out. I'm here to tell you, a spazzed out watchman is protecting nobody. It's so easy to let all the events of the world, all of a sudden you're like, you're all freaked out. And listen, a watchman keeps his head Because you care enough to say, I'm going to protect this family. I'm going to look out for them. I'm willing to warn them if something is wrong. Listen to Ezekiel chapter 3, verse 17. And over and over again in the book of Ezekiel, Ezekiel's told that he's a watchman. But I just chose one for you. Ezekiel 3, 17. Son of man, I have made you a watchman for the house of Israel. Therefore, hear a word from my mouth and give them warning from me. Hear what he says? He's like, look, Ezekiel, I've made you a watch. You look out for the children of Israel. I want you to hear my word and you warn them for me. And dads, that is our job. Our job is to look out for your bride. Look out for your kids. Look out for your grandkids. There are all sorts of things that could go down. And because you spent more time looking out, you should know the lay of the land. You should be able to say, listen, I'm worried about this for you. Now I'm here to tell you, you can't be a good watchman if you don't know God's word. Because you realize that the things of this world and the things of God's economy sit in two different places. And you might be the best worldly watcher, but you're not looking out for your family spiritually because there are pitfalls that are absolutely acceptable in America that are completely perilous in the kingdom of God. So you need to be watching with the word in one of your hands, searching the word, saying, what does my family need? What does my bride need? What do my kids need? And I'm going to look out for them. Now, what's funny is, is as a watcher, the whole thing is about protecting. It's all about protection. You're protecting your family. I had this happen last night. The time in my home from about 8.30 to about 10.30, that's dad's time. Because everyone goes to sleep, right? And that's normally the time I read or I watch endless reruns of Criminal Minds. Sometimes both at the same time, you know? But sure enough, last night, about 9.30... I hear Maranatha come downstairs. So Maranatha, I mean, you guys got a chance. She's cute, you know. So she's six years old. She wears princess dresses as nightgowns. 
So you can pray for me. She's like a good old-fashioned, like, Italian girl. You know what I mean? Like, never, never mind. If you're from New Jersey, you'd understand it. All the girls, they have more diamonds and everything than the next person. It's terrifying. I'll never forget Mary Alta. She was, like, two years old, and there was a jewelry catalog, and she went through, like, all the different things. She's like, ooh, look at that pretty diamond. I like that. Ooh, look at those rubies. They would look so nice on my ears. And it's funny. I, it was terrifying. I took, I took a video of it. I sent it to my twin sister, Jody, who's totally like a, a girly girl with all the... And she's like, oh, that's my Maranatha. And I'm just thinking, I'm going to be poor. Oh, no. She ain't getting none of that stuff. Anyway, I digress. Getting back to my story. Sure enough, 9.30, Maranatha comes downstairs. She says, Dad... I'm scared. Why are you scared, sweetheart? I think there's a leprechaun in my room. <laughs> and I automatically thought about me being a watchman. And I thought to myself, I'm, it, it was really cute. She was just like, I think there's a leprechaun in my room. And literally I thought, I'm like, okay, I'm going to go up there and I'm going to catch the leprechaun. And like, I had this whole thing and then I realized it was 9.30 at night. And being a good watchman, the last thing I wanted was Maranatha up all night. So I know what I said. I said, sweetie, if there is a leprechaun in your room, he's a nice one. Go back to bed. Because I, I could have gotten her all wound. You know you can get your daughter wound up with that whole thing. I can go in her closet oh, start throwing things out. There's a leprechaun in here. I, I, I thought about it for a second. Because you can imagine that, like throwing things out of the closet. Whoa, jumped on my head. And she'd be freaked out all night. She'd be up all night. And as a good watchman, I knew that the only thing I needed to do is get that girl back to bed. And so sure enough, I checked on her about 15 minutes later, and she was asleep. She was this happy clam. But I thought about being a watchman, because if there really was a leprechaun in her room, right, I'd do good to go and catch that little bugger, right? <laughs> because you're, looking, you're protecting them. You're pro- and listen, Dad, listen. You can't protect anybody if they don't feel safe around you. And I think one of, the, one of the biggest hindrances to children and wives and their nurture is that we don't let them feel safe. Now listen, making them feel safe doesn't mean you got it all together. Making them feel safe is owning your garbage when you're being garbage-like. Protect them. Look out for them. That's your calling and equipping from the Lord. Be a watchman. Keep the Bible in your hand and look out for their souls. Look out for their souls. Now, look at what it says in verse 2. It says, It is vain for you to rise up early, to sit up late, to eat the bread of sorrows, for so he gives his beloved sleep. Now, the picture here is somebody rising up early, staying up late, kind of being anxious as they seek in vain to do what God isn't doing. But notice he says, for so he gives his beloved sleep. The idea is if a man is spiritual and if he is a builder and he's a watchman, I think the principle that we can pull out of this is that we also need to be diligent. The idea of rising up early, staying up late. It's a picture of somebody who with all of their might, they can do what's in front of them. And dads, I'm here to tell you, you need to be diligent. You need to remember that it's a marathon and not a sprint. That the things of God, as it relates to your family, it's not a one-time thing. It's every single day re-upping the investment on pouring into your bride, pouring into your kids, taking care of the eternal things and the temporal things. I think for most men, actually, I think for most people, most of our lives are a series of fits and starts. 
right? We decide we're going to be intentional. We're going to go at this thing, and then we do it for a day or two days or a week or two weeks. And one of the things that I've found has been really helpful in my life in regards to diligence is actually write down the things that I want to accomplish, And write them down and either read it once a month or once a week because the fits and starts, that's just real life. All of us struggle with that. I mean, some of you are like, you know, eternally diligent people where everything you put your mind to, you just kind of get it done. Like I always think of Pastor Bill with losing all of his weight and he's kept it off for so long. I mean, God bless him, you know. That's not normal, right? But there's a diligence that he's made a decision that he's not going to change, that that's not going to change and he did it. But it also, Pastor Bill would tell you, he also did about 500 diets before he actually did that one and got it done. See, so you need to sit down and you need to make a list. These are the things as a dad that I want to see in my life, to see in my family's life. I need to write it down. You need to put it up in your calendar that once a week or once a month it pops back up. Because what you'll find is that if you are diligent, keep going back. That you don't just make a decision, have a fit, and then it stops and you leave it for a year. If you come back to it more quickly, you'll find that little by little, it will grow. Little by little, you'll take the next step and the next step. Oh, I got that thing down, but I need to work on this thing and focus on that. Diligence is so important because it is a marathon and not a sprint. I think as husbands, as fathers, we should seek to rise early and be up late. I don't know that we should, you know, eat the bread of sorrows, but we do remember that God gives us sleep. But we should be diligent as dads. We should be diligent as husbands. Now listen, I say that. And I want to, because it's really easy at this point in the message, we've gotten four of the points done. They'd be like, oh man, some guys are just like, man, Fusco, I'm done with this. You're killing me here. And your wife's like, man, I wish my husband was like that. Quit judging the poor dude. (laughs) But you know, If we're not there, we just come to the Lord and say, Lord, will you help me to take the next step? Sometimes these things seem so big, so impossible, that we don't even get off the starting blocks. How many of you guys remember What About Bob? Remember that? What's the theme? What's the one thing you remember from What About Bob? Baby steps. Baby steps. I love that because Bob couldn't do it half anything, so everything was a baby step, right? Just take the step. So I'm here to tell you, don't worry about what it, what it wasn't yesterday. Oh, I wasn't diligent. I haven't been diligent in years. All the time. Just take a baby step. Say, hey, I'm going to just take a step, Lord. And I'm going to trust that you're going to meet me there. But we need to be diligent. The pursuit of our bride's heart, the pursuit of our children, and their growth and the things of the Spirit and providing, that's a, that takes diligence all the time. Keeping on, keeping on. And we need to do it. Now notice what happens next. Because in verse 3... Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. I love this. Children are are a heritage or an inheritance, and the fruit of the womb is a reward. Listen, be blessed. Be blessed. Think about a heritage, an inheritance, a reward. That's a blessing, right? No matter how small of an inheritance you get, if you get one, you're stoked, right? Because it's an unexpected gift. Jesus is real. Be willing to be a support for people. That's one of the challenges Pastor Daniel gave us today as we heard about how to be builders for God. 
we considered how we're building, whether it's with superficial things or those things of the spirit. For most of us, our smartphone is an extension of our body. They are constantly ringing and dinging, telling us what to do and where to go next. We want to encourage you to subscribe to the Jesus is Real podcast. Each week, the programs right here on the radio are available in podcast format. So if you miss one of the broadcasts, you can always catch up by subscribing to the Jesus is Real podcast. Log on to JesusIsRealRadio.com. We're seeking people just like you to partner with us. For anyone who supports Jesus is Real Radio with a gift of $25 or more this month, we'll send a special three-part mini-series from a brand new series entitled Friction. To receive your three-CD set, visit JesusIsRealRadio.com and click on Partner. There you can give a one-time gift or support Jesus is Real Radio monthly. So visit JesusIsRealRadio.com today. Join us again here on Jesus Is Real Radio when we'll find out what happens when men are given the space to be warriors, which is not a prevalent goal in our culture. We'll find out how to be a force for righteousness in this world. We wish we had more time today, but we will have to pick up where we left off next time as Pastor Daniel continues teaching through this series, Songs of Summer. That's next time on Jesus Is Real Radio. Jesus Is Real Radio.